when she was going through it. You go to work, put on a brave face, and get through it, get through it, get through it, get through it. Come home and have a cry, and um, and like it, it, it would kill me if she was to get through work, get through work, cry all the way home, get through being at home, get through being at home, get through being at home, yeah. cry all the way to work. You know, that's kind of the way I saw it. Is you know, if, if she's going to let her emotions out, I love it to be in front of me because that means that we can get through it together and she knows she's supported and then at least i know that she knows she has support if that makes sense what is up everyone i am lachlan samuel and this is the open up podcast the show where real people open up and share real stories of struggle Welcome back to the Open Up Podcast, everyone. It's episode 63 with the mental health fitness coach, Michael Hayes. Brother, thank you for taking the time to do this. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Very excited to be on. Um, Usually the first question is a deep one, but we'll keep that for number two. First off, mental health fitness coach, what is it? Yeah, so mental health fitness coach is just something that I suppose happened by, by accident, really, for me. It was me going along my life, doing my own thing. I've never had any mental health issues myself. I've never had any any depression or anxiety or anything like that. And I kind of floated through life, this happy-go-lucky, you know, Irish bloke, <laughs> just loving, loving life, living it to the fullest. And um, bit by bit, things started to happen where I noticed that mental health was a, a real thing in the in the world and that people were quite you know going through quite a lot of struggle in their own way and um all of a sudden I thought okay well I'm in a position where I'm a I was a PT and I was working in a gym and I'm a health and fitness coordinator now so a lot of people kind of look to me for exercise advice and stuff and uh, I suppose a long story short I realized that I needed to do more and that all came from a time when I was working in the gym and we did this 30 minutes of exercise for 30 days challenge and that was for for mental health week so we were doing this this challenge for the month and i was i think i'd only just started instagram this is probably three four years ago now at this stage and i was putting stuff up on instagram about you know the 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 link between exercise and mental health and obviously the the positive link that there is between those two and through that process i got lots of comments from people that I knew and my family and things where they were like, Oh, you know, I've, I've struggled with mental health and you know, this was stuff that I had never known. And I kind of thought, Oh God, I, you know, I'm floating here through life thinking everything's great. And you know, it's all full of positivity and just do my, my regular thing and kind of being blinding myself to what's actually out there. And I think I, I might've went through life thinking if I thought someone was having a bad time, like my, my automatic reaction being a positive person is, ah, they'll be fine. You know, they'll be right. Don't, you know, I'm sure they'll get through. Don't need to worry about it. Don't need to go and ask them how they're going or, or check in or do anything like that. So through that 30 days, yeah, just lots of conversations with family members who I never realized had gone through mental health issues, close friends who I realized had never gone through mental health issues. And from that, I thought, well, I, I'm in a position here where people 
look to me on exercise and fitness. So I'm going to start linking the two of those and pushing that message out there. Because also at the time you had the era of fit tees and booty bands and the yeah. top three exercises for your abs and mental and exercise was all about body image and how you looked or how fast you ran or how quick you could cycle. It was never about sleep and mood and you, how you can manage your relationships and how you got through your general day-to-day lives and you know you you manage things that come up at work that, that was just something that no one ever related back to exercise it was everyone knew that that was a part of it but the main goal for everyone that I've found is image or you know a, a time goal or some sort of a, a tangible goal and not an actual feeling goal behind it yeah so I'm trying to get people to realize a little bit more that yes, there's nothing wrong with having a goal of looking better or getting a six pack that that's fine, but that can't be your underlining be all and end all. This is all I want. Um, it needs to be more than that and more about how do I feel rather than how do I look or am I achieving a time goal? So that that's where it came from. And I've just been doing uh, posts and stuff for the last few years and, just trying to get that message out there. And I, I think to this stage, I've impacted quite a few people and I've had lots of comments from people about who've just started getting active for the right reasons because beforehand, getting into exercise was a barrier because they thought they needed to look a certain way or be able to run a certain speed or swim so fast or, you know, oh, I need to learn how to swim before I can start going to the pool type thing. You know, that <laughs> this kind of stuff doesn't add up. It's Mate, you know, that sounds start... exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I do, I do. You know the the weekly park runs every week, and I've had numerous people tell me, "Oh, I can't do that five k run because I can't run five k yet." I go, "Well, no shit, you can't run five k yet. You're not running. Like you need to get out there. You need to start, and don't have that running goal that you know that time be your main goal. Just get out and enjoy it, and meet new people, and you know you'll see the good mood." benefits you get from it and how it'll affect your mental health so that's the, the kind of message that i'm trying to to preach with mental health fitness coach and you know don't get me wrong i'm not saying that having a body image goal or a running time goal or whatever it is is a bad thing it's just it shouldn't be the, the be all and end all of what we're doing yeah um yeah and with with that body image goal usually you feel a you want to achieve that body image goal because you feel a lack in terms of how you look and usually when you strive to achieve that sort of body image goal through lack it's because you have an underlying need that you need to quench like you need you have this thirst for validation to Mm. feel like you're enough that's most people's underlying need when they sort of attempt a physical transformation like that yeah and people just get lost to the fact that probably the real underlying reason that they're doing it is to feel better and have more energy and sleep better. Like that's what people really want. Cause you know, you, you get overweight and you walk around and you're lethargic and you, if you can't manage your relationships and you know, you have a go at someone at work because you're just having a shitty day and you can't handle it. And you go, Oh, you know, I need to, I need to get, get exercising. And I need to look better. And I need to, you know, it, it's the, the look isn't the, it shouldn't be the goal. It should be 
the the mood and the feelings and I think for a lot of people they know that it is the goal but they get bogged down in the the tangible goal of the six pack and I have to get that to be a better person well no you don't you just need to get moving you can still be the same weight and be a better person I'm stoked you're doing this then bro um definitely need people like you sharing a message like this couple things I want to touch on from that and mm-hmm. um you said like you were this happy-go-lucky guy and you had a, an attitude when you, I guess, subconsciously had an attitude of, oh, they'll get through it because you were so happy-go-lucky. And I think for anyone listening who is like that, that's okay because until you've gone through something yourself or uh, I guess with someone who goes through like a depression or anxiety, um, anything to do with mental health, you're not going to have that reference point to cultivate that empathy and I guess yeah. understand where that person is coming through so if you are that person you're listening it's okay <laughs> to have that yeah. that mindset especially if you haven't yeah. gone through it um, yeah. and the other thing is just want to acknowledge you for starting this after having people in your network your family come out of the woodwork while doing that 30 minutes for 30 days challenge whatever you're doing that's pretty dope man <laughs> yeah cheers action. yeah yeah, like, look, for for me, after I'm Irish, obviously, as you can hear, or you might think I'm Australian. Some people think I've got that accent. You say Instagram, you sound Australian. Instagram, mate. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, I moved over here about, uh, oh, God, how many years is it? Six or seven years ago now. But um, And I met a girl, and we started going out, and my first exposure to, to anything mental health wise was was true my partner who had depression and but like my literally my very very first exposure to mental health was lying in bed with my partner and she was crying and for no reason whatsoever and it was it was just then when she was like you know I'm I've got depression or you know that that's just something that's in my life wow. um and that and I was kind of lying there going shit what, what are you crying for yeah. like what um it, it, it was uh all of a sudden okay well i need to figure out what depression is first of all and and figure out exactly it is what it is that she's going through because i had honestly i had no no idea you know i was a 21 year old guy and mental health wasn't a thing that we talked about in Ireland all that much at the time. You know, going back six or seven years ago, mental health wasn't as mainstream as it is now. We didn't have people like you going out there and pushing the message. Um, so I kind of went through a lot of my life just just oblivious to the things. And I, to be honest, a lot of people just didn't talk about it as well. So, you know, you, you wouldn't really have come across it. So, yeah, I was just lying in bed going all right, I, I, I really need to figure out what this is, what's going on, how can I help, what can I do, or, you know, did I do something wrong, or, you know, what, what, what's what's actually happening here? Um, but, you know, if she, she we, we, we had chats about it afterwards, and she explained it to me, and I did my kind of research, I guess, into it all, and, you know, we've, we've worked not works through it but you know it's it's just part of who she is at the end of the day and you know luckily she's she works in the uh, disability sector herself so she was very good to explain to me what's going on and you know what what it's all about and yeah it it was a, a big shock to the system for me for someone who had 
no idea really what mental health was. I was kind of like, oh shit, right? Yeah. Where to from here? Um, pretty cool the way you handled that, because, I mean, as men, most of us feel like we need to be the provider or the protector. So if our partner was like that, crying, and you're like, it'd be easy as a protector to go, why are you crying? And then get defensive to shield yourself from being the one who's let that person down. So the fact that you could open yourself up to possibility and I guess be empathetic enough to be helpful, that's a pretty cool approach, man. Were you brought up like that? Yeah. Yeah, I would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, always was. So can you walk us through the rest of the story from there? Yeah, so... That was the, the first exposure for me, um, and that led on to a, a period for her. And, it, you know, this wasn't the first time that she had gone through it. She'd been living with it all her life. It, it, was, um, it, it wasn't out of nowhere for her. She knew that this was, was part of her life. So um, we were living together at this stage, so she had been able to kind of hide it a bit up until then. And, um, yeah, we, we spoke about it, and she kind of realized that she needed to go and seek help. So. She went and I think for her at the time it was I need to go and, and get help otherwise I'll lose this relationship. And um, that was her viewpoints or that's what she's she's told me um since then. But you know, for me I was always like, Well now, nah, you know, let's let's get you some help and let's get you back home. Well, let's you know again, me being uber positive was just like, you know, you <laughs> we can get through this, we can get through anything kind of thing. So just helping her along her path because at the end of the day she knew the right path to take and she knew for a long time that she needed to go see someone and so yeah she she went and she saw someone and went on medication for a while and that helped for for quite some time and um after a while i think for her it was just the medication didn't really suit her it gave her a bit more of a lull than what she would have wanted um so through the um so she she kind of said this to me and she was hoping to get off medication and she she kind of started lowering her dosage without telling me to try and kind of oh, test man. the waters to, to see how it would go um which was you know and that was just her her way of doing it because she didn't like she wouldn't want to burden anyone with anything. And she would often think like if I came home in a great mood and she wasn't in a good mood or she was going through a bad time that that would bring me down. But at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm me, I'm going to, it takes an awful lot to bring me down. So, you know, that, that was never the case. And it was just the, the way it was playing out in her head was, you know, I, I kind of, I need to sort this myself and, uh, and get it right so that it's okay for me and Michael. But, she um yeah so initially she started lowering it herself but then she told me and she's like oh yeah you know i've been taking a tablet less a day or a week or i can't remember what how many she, what what she was on but i was like all right uh cheers for letting me know um but you know at the end of the day you can't there was no like point in being mad or anything because you know in essence she was doing the right thing doing it slowly but that she was doing the wrong thing in the sense that she was trying to do it by herself when she knew she had a good support network around her to help her get there. So I think she, she eventually realized that that was the case. And that's why she kind of said, you know, I'm after dropping down the, uh, the volume of, of what I'm taking. 
so then we just decided that you know through lots of conversations that she wanted to come off medication and that was you know something that I I was reluctant because I had seen her in in tears you know and I, I had seen her when she was in heart attack and you know she has she is high functioning depression so can always get up and go to work and can always get through the day and no one would be any any the wiser and a lot of people listening to this who would be friends of mine will go oh I didn't even know that and I've had her permission to share his story so we're good Mike's digging a hole <laughs> no so um so yes after after a lot of conversations we decided that we would go through to together and, and she would go off the medication so that was what what she wanted to do so I just supported her through that and kind of just made sure that there was open channels of communication from there on in that you know whatever it was she was going through or she was thinking that it'd be communicated and you know we'd, we'd work through it together and that you know I was there to help and to do as good as I can to make it easy for her to get through it and that you know she wasn't by herself trying to get through this whole this whole experience um so yes she went and she saw her psychologist again and she went off the medication and we this is probably in or around the time of the 30 days of 30 minutes for 30 days thing so i was all about you know let's let's use exercise to the best of our ability so we had started going to park run every week and we just added in some exercise for ourselves to make sure that we were keeping active and doing all the things that you have to do when you're not on medication to make sure that you're in you're in a good mind space yeah. and you can you know you can get through the days as best you can um and look i suppose a long story short she's she's still off medication she's doing well has her down days like anyone else and you know, can can tell when things aren't going to hundred percent, and we'll have a chat to me, and we'll we'll talk through it and and see how she is. And now it's more of a managing it day to day, week to week, month to month, and knowing that it's always something that might pop up at any given time, and that's just you know, there's nothing you can do about that. But um, just making sure that we're we're always talking and we're always there for each other to make sure that you know it, it's it's not her going through it by herself it's you know the two of us working through it as best we can and make sure that that she's happy that's the cutest uh, man yeah well look that's just the way it is and I, I suppose i would say on top of all that you know if someone needs medication stay on medication this isn't a uh yes. you know go off your medication and you'll feel great this is a this is our story and, and, and her story and how it all worked out you know lots of people go on medication it works perfect for them and it doesn't affect them in any way, and they live a great life for it. Um, yeah, so yeah, definitely not a, a go off it by any means. Like if you're on medication, add in your exercise and keep all those other things going well, and make sure you're chatting and doing all that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw it out there that it's definitely yeah. not a. Yeah. It's, um, we had a an event I spoke at the other night. We had a clinical psychologist who brought up a good point: is that some of there are a lot of us that have mental health, but some of us may have a predisposition for a chemical imbalance in the brain, and therefore medication is going to help to balance out those chemicals to help you, I guess, return to some sort of form of homeostasis or some sort of um, normality. Whereas if you're going on to medication just to get in that lull 
or to numb whatever it is you're thinking, feeling or going through, then I guess that's where you have to reconsider and then talk with your psychiatrist or your psychologist to then come off it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that was the key. Sorry. Yeah, oh, sorry. That was that was just the key part with what she did. It's it was all true. Her psych, you know, it it wasn't a. There was that the very initial. I'm going to drop it a little bit by myself, and you know, just see how it goes and play with fire, and you know, that's fine. But uh, yeah, the, the key part was that spoke with myself, spoke with a psychiatrist, and and, and went through it in, in the right ways. Awesome, bro. A couple questions about that. Obviously, when somebody's crying, somebody that you love, it's very easy, like I said, to get defensive or to guard up um, or to just run away from the problem. How did you respond, not that first one we already spoke about, but in the, I guess, following instances after that one, how did you respond to help her feel like she wasn't alone? Because that's something I'm assuming most people listening who have a partner with mental health struggle with. Yeah, look, for the, for the first while, I suppose, it was a bit of freezing and going, not really knowing what to do. But at the end of the day, you don't really do anything. You just put your arm around them and let them let it out. You know, like, I think of it now that if she was going through a hard time, and she's crying in front of me, that's great because that means she's chose to let it out in front of me where she's comfortable as opposed to doing it in the car on the way home and then coming into the house and not wanting to, to do it in front of me. So, that's an important you know, shift in mindset too. A lot of people, if they shifted into that, I think the relationships would blossom just from mm. going from that, oh, I've made you cry to you're comfortable enough to cry with me. Yeah. But it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a big thing. Cause I, you know, she goes to work and well, she's fine now, but you know, when she was going through it, she'd go to work, put on a brave face and get through it, get through it, get through it, get through it, come home and have a cry. Um, and like it, it would kill me if she was to get through work, get through work, cry all the way home get through being at home, get through being at home, get through being at home, yeah. cry all the way to work. You know, that's kind of the way I saw it is, you know, if, if she's going to let her emotions out, I'd love it to be in front of me because that means that we can get through it together and she knows she's supported. And then at least I know that she knows she has support. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's so cool, man. I love that. Uh, with, with her going and seeking therapy, you said she, had been through this for most of her life, but how how did you guys come to this, I guess, decision where she then goes to seek therapy because that's a massive barrier for a lot of people? Yeah, I, it was it was her decision, to be honest. It, it wasn't really anything to do with me. It was just more something that I was able to be supportive of. Um, before I moved in with her she lived by herself so she was able to have her tears at home where no one would you know stare at her or you know judge her or do anything like that she only had her and the dog so you know she was able to go home and and let those things out and from what she told me the, the decision I suppose to 
to talk about it and to let it out was the fact that now this bloke's over at the house all the time. If she wanted to keep that relationship going, it was she needed to seek help to, to try and get better and to get through those harder times. So it was the, the therapy thing was really just herself deciding that that's what she wanted to do and, you know, good on her. Like she, it might have taken her a little bit longer than what she might have wanted to, to get to that stage in her life, but, you know, she made it there and she got through it. That's, that's awesome, man. Taking action. Uh, last yeah. one on that. What... Obviously, you can't. You can only speak about the speak for her in the sense that, in regards to the stuff that you know. But in terms of her seeking therapy, undergoing therapy, um, especially with a psychologist, what have you both learnt going through that process from the psychologist? Is there anything like any wisdom you can impart on anyone who's looking at going down that route? Um, no, to be honest. I, I don't is the is the really bad answer to that. Um, she went by herself and she did that on a more of a, a personal level, and we didn't really talk in depth about the the conversations that they had. It was that part of it was something that she was she was doing by herself to figure out her own emotions and and what she was going through. Um, so we never really had conversations around yeah seeing seeing the psych as such um so yeah i wouldn't be able to answer that one on, on her behalf okay um i guess from there man we'll move on to recovery how has this mental health fitness coach what you're doing now how has that helped your relationship in obviously knowing what your partner's been through. Yeah. Um, or how has look, it impacted I, your relationship? It's, it's impacted. It's been unbelievable because it's gotten the two of us much more active than what we were and we're active together. So we, we go to, to park run together every Saturday morning at 8am every single week. And, and that's something we do together as a, as a couple. And, it's just a, it's such a good, good start to the week for the two of us. We go, we do that, we come home, we take the dogs out. Like we've got a good little routine where, you know, we kind of know what, what we're going to be doing and you get that kind of runner's high for a little while afterwards. And then you get your, your runner's low about two hours later where you sit in front of the TV for an hour going, geez, I'm wrecked. <laughs> and then you you come back up again. But um, the, the mental health fitness coach helping our relationship would have more been along the lines of just the fact that we both know for for both of our, our mental health and our mood that staying active and having conversations and checking in on each other is just so powerful that it's ridiculous not to do it so you know if one of us starts to not let ourselves go but you know isn't training for a little while or something or doesn't seem doesn't seem a hundred percent we're happy to have conversations with each other to see how the other person's going or say hey you haven't trained like since last thursday four weeks ago uh, you know is there any chance you you might go for a walk you know as a, as a joke but uh we're we're conscious of each other and what we're doing and um 
we know when to give each other a little bit of a, a kick or a boost or a very gentle check-in to see how the other one is going if we know they're going through a, stress, a stressful time either at home or at work. That's awesome, man. Um, in terms of her exercise, how has she implemented that? You talked about the park run, but how has she implemented that to help with the depression? Um, just very gradually. Uh, for for her, it was we started park run as as a couple together doing that, and that was our our weekly exercise. And she just very slowly built on that week by week, where she's going to the gym a couple of times a week now, and she she was doing Pilates for a long time, and it's just yeah, I reckon for the last oh, at least two years, she's probably exercise regularly three or four times a week if at least two times a week um and it's just a, a daily part of what she does so and, and she keeps on top of it too because for her she knows that if she stops exercising and she starts eating unhealthy that's when things start to come come back up and she, she doesn't start to, she wouldn't be feeling on and it's the same on me like you know i'm a you know, pretty positive person. But if if I don't exercise for a week or even four or five days, I start getting itchy and scratchy and a little bit narky, you know, <laughs> snappy at people. So it's just something that the two of us do, and you know, everyone should really be doing is getting out and getting active, and you know, being in the community, whether it's with parkrun or a local local sports team or something like that. It's just so good for your your overall mental health and your mood and. And how you you manage your day to day life and day to day stresses. Like I, I can't recommend doing exercise for the sake of exercise enough. You know, there's a, a lot more to it than, as I was saying earlier on, the the body image side of the health and fitness industry and the the booty band side of the health and fitness industry. It's you know that's for Instagram models to to go and to try and influence people on but I think people like you and I who have a little bit hopefully more common sense like take the common sense approach to to exercise and your mental health now now I do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah oh yeah no I was I was the same ones too <laughs> um, so for anyone who's I guess going through depression who's considering exercise but is still in that low is still worried about what other people are going to think of them, etc., etc. Do you have any advice for the, how they should go about finding somewhere to exercise or a particular type of exercise? Yeah, and I think even before the exercise, before they get to that, I think start having conversations with people about how you're doing. Like, you know, exercise is great, and I, I'm I'm preaching the exercise benefits for mental health, but you still need to be talking to your loved ones and letting your family know how you're going and checking in on your best mates or having conversations with your friends. That's for me, that's the, the number one step. I, I share a lot of you obviously know, are you okay? I share a lot of their stuff about starting conversations around mental health and encouraging conversations around mental health. So, you know, before you move down the line of getting your exercise problem for your mental health, the conversations and the fact that you're sharing with people is much more important to as a starting point yeah um but then when it comes to the exercise itself do something that you like the the only thing you're ever going to be consistent at and the only thing you're ever going to keep doing and, and enjoy doing is something that you enjoy doing like 
um, I spoke to a guy the other day and we were talking about people who come into the gym and like from my perspective, if someone came into my gym and they said, Hey Mike, you know, I've signed up for this 12 month membership and you know, I just don't like gyms. And if I was say, Oh, well, you know, have you tried a group fitness class? And they're like, yeah, no group fitness, just that's not for me. Like, all right, you know, maybe you could go into the pool and you could, you could try some pool exercise. Like, yeah, you know, I just don't like the pool. And I said, well, what, what do you like doing? And if that person was to say, oh, I love gardening or I love walking the dog or whatever it is, like, I would tell them, go back to the front desk, get a refund and go do that thing. Because there's no point in you being at a gym if you don't enjoy going to the gym. There's no point in joining CrossFit if you don't like CrossFit or you, you don't like training in groups. There's no point in going playing AFL footy if you don't like playing AFL footy. There's absolutely zero point in the world of trying the six best ab exercises that you saw on bodybuilding.com if you don't like going to the gym or doing those ab exercises. Find the thing it is that you love. It might be stand-up paddleboarding. It might be walking the dog. It might be gardening. It might just be walking. Whatever it is, do that. And if you're not sure what that is and you don't know what exercise it is that you like to do, then go and try a few things. Go go join a gym down the road or go try your F, your local F45 or go and head to one of your local you know, Les Mills group fitness classes. Go around, play the play the game, have a have a few different tries and places, see what it is that you went, oh shit, that was awesome. I really enjoyed that. And just keep doing that because at the end of the day with exercise, as I said, consistency is the key to you know, getting healthier and you're only going to be consistent at the thing that you love doing. So like for me, it's running. I, I really enjoy running and I like lifting weights at the gym, which is unusual because it's sometimes can be boring, but I like it. Um, so I do those things and that's, that's what I focus on. Like I'm not, I'm not out playing social netball on a Tuesday night because I do not like netball and I don't join a, a local basketball team because I've not a fan of basketball you know i just do the things that i enjoy doing and for anyone for your starting point it's do the thing that you like and you'll do that more often awesome bro um last question on i guess this recovery and exercise specifically Mm. when you spoke about like the importance of conversation and then the importance of exercise is there any more benefit to exercising in a community setting, team setting, than there is exercising alone, I guess, in your experience? Only if exercising in the community setting is something that you enjoy more than exercising by yourself. So if you're introverted and, like, let's say you're extremely introverted, you love being by yourself, you're not going to enjoy a F45 class with 60 people around you so, you know, it, it really does come back to the individual and what and what they like. Um, yes, there's lots of benefits to getting out and getting social and, you know, being in that setting. But if you're the person that just hates that and you just don't like people and you don't want to be around them, then don't go there. You know, just go to the gym, put your headphones in, do your weight training or run the treadmill or whatever it is you want to do. Um but yeah, like there's there's definitely benefits to exercising in a group, but there are only benefits if you like exercising in a group. That's uh, an amazing answer that I did not expect. <laughs> <laughs>
I guess a couple questions, brother, and then we will wrap yep. up for tonight. So, knowing that you were this happy-go-lucky guy, and then you've been through, I guess, being that support post, that pillar for your partner over the last three to four years, and having people come out of the woodwork, I guess, opening up and sharing with you that they have been through some sort of mental health issue. Um, like, knowing that you've been through that, what would you say the quality of your life is like now? Yeah, just so much better. Like, I'm, I'm so much aware to the fact that people do go through hard times, and some people go through hard times through absolutely no fault of their own. It's, again, you know, a chemical imbalance in the system. Um, like, I would ha- hate to think that I would still be going through my life thinking that, you know, everyone's going to be fine and, you know, she'll be right, you know, don't worry about it. Um, like, I, I, I enjoy the fact that I can ask my friends how they're going and I, I can check in on them and they expect that of me and they, they know that that's something that I'll do every now and again. And I also enjoy the fact that my friends will do it back to me because they go, oh, well, he keeps asking me how I'm going, so I should probably see if he's going okay, which is great because it means that, you know, when I go through stressful times or things aren't going 100%, that someone will be there to check in and see how I'm going. So, yeah, it's changed my life absolutely for the better. That's awesome, bro. It's not only changed yours, but like as well as that, you're changing other people's lives. So uh, Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what are you most grateful for right now? What am I most grateful for right now? Um, I suppose just being given the opportunity to to chat to people about exercise and mental health and being able to share a positive message. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's something that I love doing. Like I, I get really nervous before I come on and talk to people like you or things like that. And then, you know, I'm mm-hmm. I get a little, little bit anxious mm-hmm. about it, but yeah, but when I'm on, I love it. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm, you know, right now over the last few weeks, I've had the, the chance to go on to some different podcasts and share my story and, you know, kind of spread spread this message of positivity, and you know, people think of mental health, and they think it's it's all negative, and it's it's all heartache and hardship. But you know, there's so many positive things to it, and you know, my my partner's story is an extremely positive story. You know, yes, she went through some tough times, but that's a that's a massive success story for her, um, and that's the way it should be viewed. It shouldn't be viewed. Oh, that poor girl had depression. That must have sucked. It's no. She's come through much stronger and much much better person for it. So I'm just happy to be able to spread that positive message around. It's awesome, bro. All good change needs resistance. Yes, I love that. <laughs> good. Um, you've probably already covered this, but do you know what your, I guess, bunny ears purpose is right now? My purpose right now, um, I, I'm not sure really. I'm kind of just floating along. I'm very much a uh, go with the flow type person. I don't have a, a massive grand idea of where I'm going to be or what mental health fitness coach is going to be. I'm just, I suppose, living in the moment, trying to make a, an impact while I am making an impact and just having going with that flow while it's, while it's going well. Yes, that's awesome. 
Last question. If you had the chance to put a message on a billboard where you know thousands of people would see that every day, what would that message be? Um, check in on your mate. Nice. I reckon yeah. Do you say that a lot? Well, I I really, really enjoy the are you okay message and things around encouraging conversation because without without conversation, my partner never would have got better and some of my friends may not have gotten better. So, you know, we all need to, yeah, it's, it's something that I preach an awful lot is to check in on people when yeah, you can. That's awesome. I'm totally going to snip that clip. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, to wrap up, brother, just want to acknowledge you for taking the time to do this after work. Thank you so much. Um, but most importantly, I want to thank you for having been through all of that with your partner, with the people who reached out, and then spinning it into a positive with mental health fitness coach and now using exercise as a vehicle to help people with their mental health, brother. Um, very, very appreciative of the fact that you are here in Perth helping the people of Perth with that. So thank you. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good night, my man. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Bye.